Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Walters is the best sports bar in Navy Yard, located just across the street from Nationals Park. Also a great place to check out if you're headed to Audi Field. Make sure to check out their self-pour beer wall and unlimited TVs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's the pitch. Swing and a fly ball hit to deep left center field. Moving back is call to the warning track at the wall and it's gone into the bullpen. A home run. The deep right corner of the bullpen, a two-run homer for Spencer Torkelson. It's his fourth home run of the year, and the Tigers score the first inning again. A leadoff single, a two-out home run. It's Detroit 2 and Washington nothing. The 1-0 delivery, swing and a line drive, base hit into left center field. Vargas will score from third. Abrams speeding around third. He will score on a line drive, single to left center field for Lane Thomas. His second into the game. Drives in his 22nd and 23rd runs of the year. And for the first time today and in this series, the Nationals have the lead. It's Washington 3 and Detroit 2. And the 1-2 on the way. Jammed him. Fastball. Line door the left field. Line a fair ball. In the foul ground it goes. A base hit. Runner scores. Candelario heading for second. The slide. The tag. He's safe at second base. It's a double and a run batted in for Jamer Candelario, his second RBI of the game, his second extra base hit, scoring Thomas from third with that extra run for the bullpen. It's now the Nationals five and the Tigers two. And welcome to Nats Chat for Sunday, May 21st, 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the podcast. What has gotten into the 2023 Nationals that ants over the first two games of a three-game series against the Detroit Tigers at Nationals Park are pounding some extra base hits? You know, Saturday was Star Wars Day at Nationals Park. The force was with the Nats from an extra base hitting standpoint. A 5-2 win in a game in which the Nats overcame a 2-0 fourth inning deficit. The Nats snapped their four-game losing streak. They now are 19-27. and And yes, I did say 19 and 27. Be honest, how many of you are hoping <laughs> that the Nats have another four-game losing streak so that we can say that the Nats are 19 and 31? Do not forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the show. Contact the show and order a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. And speaking of contacting the show, we do want to hear from you via voice memo. Your memories of, your stories from, the Nats 2019 World Series Championship run. Record yourself into your smartphone and then uh, email us that file and we'll play select submissions at the ends of installments of this podcast. We have a good voice memo coming up at the end of this show, courtesy of Larry Cohen 
of Rockville, Maryland. Also, if you have like 20 seconds to spare, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The five-star ratings help out the podcast a lot. So the Nats in their 8-6 loss to the Tigers on Friday night had just seven hits, but six of the seven hits were extra base hits, two home runs and four doubles. The Nats in this 5-2 win over the Tigers on Saturday had nine hits. Five of the nine hits were extra base hits, a home run, and four doubles. We know the deal with the Nats this season. So many, too many of their hits have been singles, but these last two games, some home runs and a good number of doubles. And leading the way for the Nats offensively on Saturday were two guys who have been really good lately, Jamer Candelario and Lane Thomas. Candelario on Friday night went 0 for 4 off having been very good over the Nats' previous four games, but he on Saturday was back to being productive. Uh, Candelario as an Nats starting third baseman and number four batter, two for four with a solo homer and an RBI double. Candelario in the Nats' one-run fourth, a two-out solo home run to right field to cut the Nats' deficit to 2-1, and Candelario in the Nats' one-run eighth, a two-out opposite field RBI double to left field on a 1-2 pitch for a 5-2 Nats lead. Jamer Candelario over his last six games now, 12 for 23. I mean, think about that. 12 for 23 with two home runs, a triple, four doubles, five singles, and a walk. Here was Nats manager Davey Martinez during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on Jamer Candelario. He's staying behind the ball and driving the ball. He's using his legs a little bit better um, than he was earlier. Um, And he's staying above the baseball, which is really nice as well. So I've known Kenny for a long time. I've seen him go really good. I've seen him go bad. But when he's good, he's good. And and right now he's hitting the ball uh, really well. So um, once again, we got to keep him consistent too and not chase. I mean, he's not chasing right now um, when he does that. I mean, he hits the ball hard. The biggest thing is, is getting out of his mind about trying to hit home runs every at bat. You know, just stay, stay on the ball. He's got enough power um, that when he hits the ball, hard, you know, when he hits the ball and gets it in the air, he'll hit home runs. And um, and he's trying to do that. He's trying to stay in the middle of the field. He's clipping some balls out front and the, and then going far. You know, I mean, and that, you know, and that's that's who he is. And then Lane Thomas, he on Saturday as an at starting right fielder and number one batter, three for four with a double, a two run single. And another single. Thomas in the bottom of the first, a leadoff single to center field on a 1-2 pitch. Thomas in the Nats, two-run fifth, a two-out, two-run single to left center field for a 3-2 Nats lead. And Thomas in the Nats, one-run eighth, a leadoff first pitch double to the left center field gap. All of this was off what Lane Thomas did on Friday night. One for three with a two-run homer and a walk. Here now is your Lane Thomas slash line for this month of May. Batting average at 333, on base percentage of 375, slugging percentage of 640. Not bad. This was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Saturday evening on Lane Thomas. Yeah, when he gets ready to hit the fastball, he's really good and he'll stay consistent. But he's got to get ready to hit the fastball and just stay, you know, stay in the middle of the field. He's crushing balls to left center field, you know, which is which is nice to see. I mean, that, that only tells me that he's getting ready early and he's on the fastballs where he's able to stay back on breaking balls as well. So he's seeing the ball really well right now and it's good, man. He's he's getting us going. So um, he's had a good run so far. So hopefully he stays that, that way for a while. Yeah, you know, Lane Thomas is number one among all qualified Nationals players in OPS for this regular season, 798. I mean, he's on the verge of an 800 OPS. And, you know, I mentioned Thomas having a leadoff single in the bottom of the first on Saturday. 
He, of course, has been batting in the number one spot a lot lately. If it feels like Thomas has been doing well in first inning plate appearances, that's because he has been. Lane Thomas for this regular season now has a first inning OPS of 962. So Jamer Candelario and Lane Thomas in this 5-2 win over the Tigers on Saturday combined for five of the Nats' nine hits. But there were some other big hits for the Nats in this game. Kate Ruiz, he is the Nats' starting catcher and number six batter, one for three with an RBI single to get charged with a pass ball for a second consecutive game. But the RBI single was big. Ruiz in an Nats' one-run sixth, a two-out opposite field RBI single to right field for a 4-2 Nats lead. So a key insurance run there. Although Ruiz did then get thrown out in his attempt to advance to second base. You know, Kepa Ruiz has been making a good bit of outs on the base paths. Go back to the 3-2 win over the New York Mets at Nationals Park in that uh, rain suspended game slash debacle that started the previous Saturday, May 13th, and was finished on Sunday afternoon, May 14th. Ruiz in that game, bottom of the fifth, a two-out single down the right field line, but he then got thrown out in his attempt to stretch the single into a double. How about the 5-1 win at the San Francisco Giants on May 8th? Ruiz in that game in a five-run Nats first had a single to right field, but he then was tagged out between first and second base as Ruiz thought that he had a double, but uh, Lane Thomas stayed at third base and Luis Garcia had to stay at second base. So Cape Ruiz does need to clean up his base running, uh, but still big RBI single on Saturday off a good offensive game on Friday night, two for three with a two-run homer and a double. Although remember the double was that uh, strange play, came on a liner on which the Tigers right fielder Matt Vierling whiffed on an attempted backhanded catch. C.J. Abrams, he on Saturday as the Nats starting shortstop and number eight batter, one for three with a double. Abrams in an Nats two-run fifth, a one-out opposite field double to left field. And Abrams in the top of the fourth, a great job of igniting a 6-4-3 double play for the second and third outs. Corbin fires home, swinging a ground ball left side, backhanded by Abrams, jump throw to second for one, sidearm throw to first for two. A spectacular double play turned by the Nationals. Vargas made an impressive catch of what did end up being a low throw from Abrams. And then Vargas made this like submarine throw to first base for the third out. Very good work on that double play by Abrams and Vargas. And uh, yeah, Vargas was the Nats starting second baseman on Saturday. He got the nod uh, for a resting Luis Garcia. Also with a double for the Nats on Saturday was Corey Dickerson. Man, he has been rather productive since returning from his left calf strain. Uh, Dickerson on Saturday as the Nats starting left fielder and number five batter, one for three with a double. He did commit an error, but Dickerson in the Nats one run sixth, a two out first pitch ground rule double off the right field warning track. The error came in the top of the third was a two out fielding error. Dickerson on a full count fly ball by Riley Green failed in an attempt at a uh, basket catch while coming in. That was not pretty, but, you know, bottom line, very good to see the Nats hitting for some power so far in this series. We have been, like, begging for that on this podcast this season, and the Nats are doing a good job so far in this series. Hey, are you a law firm partner stuck on an underperforming team while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big? Well, Unlike Mackenzie Gore and Kate Ruiz, you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nats Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. 
Mason Kalfas has recruiters in six states and displaced lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red hot antitrust, IP litigation, white collar litigation, finance and direct lending, and healthcare. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfas. Call Mason today at 202-486-3535. That number again, 202-486-3535. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's the set for Corbin. He brings home the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Career strikeout number 1,500 for Patrick Corbin. Ends the top of the sixth in style. So a milestone strikeout for Corbin. The Nationals want that baseball. And they're saying, <laughs> the Jamer Candelaro, don't throw it in the stands. That's a keepsake. And the, the crowd's going to get the notification now and a standing ovation for Corbin as he heads down the dugout steps. 1,500 career strikeouts. The Nats' starting pitcher in this 5-2 win over the Tigers on Saturday was Patrick Corbin, and he was good yet again. Might we now say that Patrick Corbin is doing the best that he has done since the Nats' 2019 World Series championship season? Is that a hot take? Is that overstating what's happening here? I mean, Corbin, over the last three seasons, in which he, of course, overall was bad, right? 2020 through 2022, did have some good starts, did even have some good stretches. But he now is in the midst of a sizable stretch of pitching well. So Corbin on Saturday, a quality start for the sixth time in seven starts. As most of you know, a quality start is no more than three earned runs allowed in no fewer than six innings pitched. Corbin allowed two runs in six innings. He gave up six hits, a homer, and five singles. He issued no walks. Did only have three strikeouts, but he threw a lot of strikes. 74 pitches, 49 strikes versus just 25 balls. So a strikes to balls ratio of nearly two to one. What's funny is that he did not get off to a good start. Corbin in the top of the first allowed two runs on a leadoff first pitch single by Matt Veerling up the middle, and then a two-out, two-run homer by Spencer Torkelson to left center field for a 2 nothing Tigers lead. So that first inning reeked of so many bad Patrick Corbin starts of recent seasons, you know, starts that end up with a final line for Corbin of, say, you know, six runs in three innings, something like that. But no, Patrick Corbin for the rest of this outing was good. And I mentioned the no walks. Do you know that Patrick Corbin over his last four starts now, has issued a total of just one walk. I mean, that is a big-time improvement from the Corbin who we had seen in recent seasons. 
And check this out. Corbin now, over his last seven starts, just 16 earned runs allowed in 42 and a third innings. That works out to an ERA of 340. You know, I said sizable stretch. I mean, seven starts is not nothing. For a starting pitcher who stays healthy for the duration of the 162-game regular season, seven starts works out to a little less than a quarter of the season. Well, 340 ERA over a seven-start stretch here for Patrick Corbin. Good for Patrick Corbin. And I mean that. I mean, this guy has really struggled, especially these last two seasons, right? So good for him for pitching well lately. I hope like heck that he keeps this up. Now, as I talked about on the podcast the last time that we talked Patrick Corbin, the Nats 100% should be open to trading him this season if a true trade market form develops off him pitching better, okay? And I'm not saying that the Nats should like just give him away, But the Nats cannot lose sight of the bigger picture. They are a rebuilding team. They need to continue to add to their inventory of prospects. This season is Corbin's age 33 season. This season is the fifth season of the six-year $140 million contract that the Nats signed Corbin to as a free agent in December 2018. He is not part of the long-term future, okay? I don't know how you express things any other way. Like, he's just not. But he is doing well in the present, right? Like he may not be part of the long-term future, but he is doing well in the present. And that's a really good thing. Both he and the organization deserve credit for this. I just would say, don't get seduced by this, okay? Like stay committed to the mission. The mission is the rebuild. And if Corbin does continue to pitch well and does continue to rehab his stock, we all know how starved most teams are for quality starting pitching. If this continues, the Nats absolutely need to be open to selling Corbin, you know? If the rehabbing of the stock continues, the Nats absolutely need to be open to uh, selling that stock at its increased value. But we'll see. I mean, we're still a bit away from trade season truly emerging this season. And, you know, Corbin has to continue to pitch well, but he's on a nice run here. And uh, it's very nice to see. Good game for the Nats bullpen on Saturday. Three Nats relievers combined for three scoreless and hitless innings. And those three relievers were Carl Edwards Jr., Hunter Harvey, and Kyle Finnegan, and in that order. So Davey Martinez did have Finnegan close the game, not Harvey. But these three guys, in theory, are the Nats' top three relievers, right? Like coming into the season, you figured Edwards, Harvey, Finnegan, if everything is as it should be, would make up the top three guys in the Nats' bullpen, presumably in inverse order. And, you know, that's what we got on Saturday. Edwards tossed a scoreless top of the seventh. Harvey, a perfect top of the eighth. And Finnegan, a perfect top of the ninth. This was a no drama game for Edwards, Harvey, and Finnegan. And this was the first time that we had seen both Harvey and Finnegan since the 5-4 walk-off loss at the Miami Marlins this past Tuesday evening when uh, they had some struggles, right? Combined to allow three runs in two innings. And Kyle Finnegan in that game was used to pitch the bottom of the eighth. Now, Finnegan ultimately tossed a scoreless bottom of the eighth, although he allowed a first pitch leadoff single by Brian De La Cruz and then gave up an infield single by Gene Segura on a swinging bud. But then Hunter Harvey blew the save in the bottom of the ninth, allowed three runs, recorded just two outs, gave up the two out walk-off full count two-run homer by Jorge Soler to left field for a 5-4 Marlins lead. This was Davey Martinez during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on why he went with Hunter Harvey in the eighth inning of Saturday's win over the Tigers. 
I like Harvey and that group, that group of guys. As we talked about before, you know, I like I like just the matchups for the eighth and ninth with those two guys. I like the velo, you know, the big big time velo uh, and the balls up on uh, Harvey and those guys. So you know, Harvey got that that group. All right. So it does sound like when it comes to Hunter Harvey and Kyle Finnegan and who is the closer and who is the eighth inning guy, this is, at least for now, a game by game, matchup by matchup thing. And that's just fine. You don't have to have a designated eighth inning guy, nor do you have to have a designated ninth inning guy. Like you have your A bullpen, your B bullpen, and, uh, you know, hopefully your top people in the A bullpen are really good. And, you know, we'll see what happens here with Finnegan. And Harvey. But yeah, I mean, for now, I don't think that you say that the Nats have a closer. Uh, you say that the Nats have a closers. And uh, who closes a particular game is dependent on several things, including, let's be honest, who's going well at the time. All right. So we on Saturday prior to the game had some Nats news. The Nats on Saturday did reinstate pitcher Chad Cool from the 15 day injured list. Chad Cool had been on the 15 day IL since May 1st, retroactive to April 30th with a right foot injury. The corresponding roster move was the Nats optioning reliever Hobie Harris to AAA Rochester. So we on the last installment of the podcast talked about the return of Chad Cool, perhaps being imminent and what that could mean for starting pitcher Jake Urban. Now, look, personally, I want to see more of Urban in the Nats rotation, but no doubt Friday night was rough. Okay. 8-6 loss to the Tigers. Urban in that game, six runs, four earned in two and two-thirds innings. And he in that game threw just 38 strikes versus 37 balls, and he committed a fielding error in a Tigers three-run first. Now, Davey Martinez, during his pregame press conference on Saturday afternoon, did say that Jake Irvin is staying in the Nats rotation and that Chad Cool is going to the bullpen. So I was happy to hear that. Davey said that the Nats want to give Irvin a longer look in the rotation. Davey said that Irvin has a lot of upside. So all of that to me is good. Jake Irvin should stay in the rotation. Now, you know, it's not like he has, you know, an infinitely long leash to stay in the rotation, but I just don't think that the Nats should have much of an appetite for Chad Cool being back in the rotation. Chad Cool for this regular season, five starts, ERA of 941, a whip of 195. We all have sympathy and compassion for what Chad Cool is going through. His wife, Amanda, is dealing with breast cancer, but you know, saying that you want Jake Irvin over Chad Cool in the Nats rotation isn't anything but a baseball conversation. And especially given that the Nats are, again, a rebuilding team, you know, let's not be in a rush to yank Jake Irvin from the rotation. And it doesn't sound like the Nats are in a rush to yank Jake Irvin from the rotation. Game three for the Nats against the Tigers is on Sunday afternoon at 135. Josiah Gray will be the Nats starting pitcher. Josiah Gray, as of games through Friday, was tied for sixth in the National League in wins above replacement war for baseball reference among pitchers for this regular season. 1.8. I mean, just outstanding. We're now deep enough into the season to where war does truly start to have meaning. And Josiah Gray, I mean, think about this. Top 10 among all National League pitchers in war. That's not nothing. That to me is significant and uh, good to have something like that. You know, this reminds me, though, of something that I still find so remarkable. The Nats for the 2017 regular season had the top three pitchers in the National League in war per baseball reference. Max Scherzer, number one at 7.2. Gio Gonzalez, number two, 6.5. Steven Strasburg, number three, 6.3. I know that 2017 is ancient history at this point, but still, that is something. For a major league team for a season 
to have the top three pitchers in war per baseball reference in that team's league for that season. I mean, that is something. And how about Gio being number two ahead of Strasburg in baseball reference war for that uh, 2017 regular season? You tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, Nats chat podcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the show, we'd love to have you on board. Hit up the mastermind of this podcast, Tim Shover, see what we can do for you again. That email address is natschatpodcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark for the Nats Chat podcast music. Visit timnewmark.com. Nats Chat is on the radio Sunday mornings, 11 to 12 on ESPN Richmond, which is 106.1 FM in the Richmond, Virginia area and ESPNRichmond.com online. I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. And we leave you now with this voice memo from Larry Cohen of Rockville, Maryland, with his memories of the Nationals' 2019 World Series championship run. This is Larry from Rockville. I want to thank Tim, Al, and Mark again for this podcast. I really enjoy listening every morning after Nats games. After the request for voicemails regarding the 2019 championship run, I again started thinking how hard it is to win a World Series. The 100-win teams that did not advance last year made me think about how many things had to go right for the Nets to win in 2019. The new playoff formats in recent years make it so much more difficult than when I was a kid and the two league regular season champions played in the World Series. Obviously, Games 6 and 7 of the 2019 World Series are very memorable. I believe, however, that being in attendance for Games 3 and 4 of the NLCS are very high up on my list. One particular at-bat stands out in Game 4. Bases loaded, Matt Carpenter at-bat against Daniel Hudson. Count was 2 and 2, score was 7-4 in favor of the Nats. I could not help but look at my wife and friends who were at the game with us and worry if we were going to go through again what happened in the ninth inning of Game 5 of the NLDS in 2012 against the Cardinals. When Carpenter grounded out to Dozier, even though he bobbled the ball, I began to think that what I've been hoping for all these years might actually have a chance to happen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to remember that day. Two balls and two strikes. Again, the base is loaded in two outs. Seven, four nats, top of the eighth, Game 4. The kick and the pitch. Swinging a ground ball right side. Dozier to knee bobbles it. Picks it up. Throws to Zimmerman on the side. Retire. Dozier stayed down on it. The ball skipped, but he blocked it. And Hudson is out of the inning. No runs. One and a hit batter a walk. And the Cardinals leave the bases loaded. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.